Um, in the book of Psalms, chapter 107, you'll see four, four divisions. And it says, if you learn these things, if you're wise, and you'll learn these things, whosoever is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. They will understand. That's an incredible promise. And I believe if you, if we're going to go through the four divisions in here, I'm going to go quickly across the scripture of it. Uh, I, I hope you, you have your Bibles and you read through it as, we, as, as time goes on. And I'll explain each division. And, and what my prayer is tonight that you'll understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Before I do this, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to explain one thing to you to help you understand this better at the end. Um, we live in a sin-cursed world. And, and often we don't understand what that means. Uh, the devil's in charge of this world. He's the prince of this world. And his goal is your destruction. And if God were not in the world, and, 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 and we were here in the world, and God was over there, in a sin-cursed world, everything, everything in a sin-cursed world is designed to destroy you, to hurt you. There is nothing in a sin-cursed world that is designed for your good. And by the way, even in a sin-cursed world, the reason you can have fun in sin is because we still have uh, a God protecting this world. In a sin-cursed world, people don't have fun in sin. And, and even though sin, you can have temporary fun, there isn't even temporary fun. If God was, was removed completely and he said, I will not be in the world, and, he, and, and God stood over here, and you were in the world and it was a sin-cursed world, um, by my imagination you would die immediately, but at the very least you would be suffering as long as you could every moment of every, of every day until you were destroyed, until you're dead. Now that was your encouraging moment for the day. Um, uh, but, but you have to understand, before you can understand what's happening here, you've got to understand that a world without God is sin-cursed. You know what that means? That means the fact that you didn't get in a car accident and die on the way here was a gift from God. That means any bad thing that didn't happen to you was a gift from God. God gave you a gift and, and we don't understand that. We have a hard time comprehending that. But if you understand the concept of a sin-cursed world, then you'll understand some of these verses. And I'll, and I'll go through them fairly quickly. Now, verses 1 through 7, it starts off each time it says this, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west. From the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their souls fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distress. And he led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city of habitation. Um, so, so understand this. And, and uh, Wesley, can you help me? I, I said, I need a young person up here. And I asked Wesley, because I said, do you get embarrassed in front of crowds? He goes, I don't know. I said, okay, get up here. I'm gonna be. And so it's going to be a young man's view. I'm going to give you a, a young person's view. So here's what's happening in a young person's view. And then in a little bit, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the statement that changes it to what we would call an older person's view. There's no limit on age on this, but this is a generalization. So in a young person's view, he was... Kept by an enemy, here's what he's seeing. I look at the world around me and I have enemies over, over top of me. 
And then uh, it says when they're delivered from the enemies, they were homeless. They could not find a city to dwell in. A city represented a place to get food, employment. You know, the, the, the big reason in third world countries that, that the main cities are so big is because there's nothing. There's no way to live and people run to the cities to live. And there was no city, no, 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 no system to take care of them. So he's looking out and he sees bondage. He gets out of bondage and he sees homelessness. Uh, he sees that he's homeless. And then he sees hunger and thirst and weariness. Hunger. That's the worst, isn't it? I hate hunger. I mean, I, I hate... When, when, uh, when people are like, let's pray and fast. I'll make you a deal. I can pray. You fast. We got it. You know? I, I went on a bacon fast the other day. I don't know if that's okay. But, but, um, but, but uh, hunger and thirst and weariness. So, so he's looking out and here's what he sees in life. I got out from under the enemy, and I've got nowhere to live, and I'm wandering around, and I have hunger, and I have thirst, and I have weariness. Okay, I'm gonna, can I sit you right there? That's a holy seat. When you sit there, you'll have the power of God on you right there. His, ah, he's shining. I'm going to pull you back up and let you see. You're going to see four more times, okay? And then, 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 then I'm going to come back and show you what happens when they, when they see the other things. So then... Um, uh, the next thing, verse, uh, chapter uh, 107, verse 8 through 14. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness, such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and, and iron. Because they rebelled against the words of God and, contend, and uh, uh, condemned the counsel of the Most High, Therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down, and there was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. And he saved them out of their distress, and he brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death, and brake their bands in sunder. So now you're going to be a rebel. Come on up here, rebel. And uh, every, every rebel wears a tight church. Okay, so um, you're going to be a rebel, and you're going to rebel against the Lord, and, and it's going to fall apart like you knew it would. Uh, let me ask you a little secret, folks. Do you think there's anybody, anybody in America who smokes cigarettes who doesn't know it causes cancer? It's kind of, the word's out. You know that, right? Yeah, in case you haven't heard, smoking cigarettes causes cancer. Just in, and, and, uh, and they hope that they're going to be the exception to the rule. And every rebel does. Every rebel knows what's going to happen. And you're a rebel, but I'm sorry about that. But, but uh, you're going to be the rebel here. And, and they know what's going to happen. Oh, you, you, you met the meth addict. He offered you meth. And you looked at him. And you, you hoped you were going to be like the guy who sold it to you. Uh, dude. I don't need teeth. I, I, no, I, don't, I know I look 50. I'm 20. Try it, man. It'll make you like me. Do you even have to be saved not to want that stuff? I mean, you, it doesn't take a saved person to say, I don't think I want to be like that, you know? And, and, but when you're a rebel, you think, I'll be the exception to the rule. I heard a preacher one time, he said, I used to drink and I used to do this and I, was, I did pornography and I did, and then God saved me. They don't tell about the baggage that they carry for the rest of their life. They don't tell about what it's like to try to sit down in Sherry's and some song faintly playing in the background, it it starts ringing through their head and you can't shut it off. Songs that I heard when I was 10, 11, and 12, (laughs) 
Songs that had no talent were made by people who were on acid. Um, they, they're playing, and now they put it to elevator music in Sherry's. Da, 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 I'm on the highway to hell. You know, you're... I don't know who did that, but it's playing in the restaurant, and all of a sudden, it's stuck in my head. I'm an independent, fundamental, separated, anal, Baptist preacher, and I've got this song stuck in my head. And the worst thing is, once in a while, it comes out your mouth. When it's stuck in your head, it comes out your mouth. You, you understand that, right? Especially me. <laughs> Stop laughing. And one day, one of my kids, he started singing this song. And he said the phrase to a rock song. And I said, hey, where'd you learn that? And I'm thinking, he's getting off the internet. He said, you, Dad. Stop hanging around your dad, you rock. <laughs> we laugh about that, but I have to tell my kids not to listen to their dad. Because it shoots out his mouth. Because he's baggage. Man, I'm almost 50. Can you? I, know, I know I don't look it. <laughs> but, but I'm almost 50, and it's still there. It's still there. But so you're going to be the exception to the rule. And you start rebelling, and you do your own thing, and you have a ball, and you find out really it wasn't fun. After all, you thought it was going to be fun, but you're... you're Somewhere, they all said it's going to be fun, so I'll stay here for a while and figure out what's fun about having everything messed up and everybody hating me and being kicked out of home. And uh, eventually, it all comes to an end. You all know that, right? Any shockers here? Yeah, eventually, it's not fun. Drug addicts don't want to be drug addicts. Alcoholics don't like being alcoholics. People addicted to pornography do not want to be addicted to pornography. They wish they could change. The ones with, they, they, when they get around people that they care about, they say, please, 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 never, ever get near this stuff. And so you're at the end. Your life is a mess. And, and it's described, poor, poor Wesley, I'm sorry. It's, uh, it gets better. Okay, so it does. That's um, <laughs> like pulling the guy up here, you wicked, vile. Um, so, now, you know you failed and you, and you rebelled against God. And you say, life is horrible. Life is tough. I hate life. Thank you. Have a seat real quick. It's going to get better. Trust me. <laughs> then we go to verse number 15. And it says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for the wonderful works of the children of men. Uh, for, for he hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of the distress. And he sent his word, and healed them, and delivered them from their destruction. So, you ready? You're going to be a fool right now. <laughs> what have we made you so far? We made you, uh, you, got, you got delivered from your enemy, the rebel, and now a fool. And you poor guy, I'm going to pay you lots of Starbucks cards. Um, and, and it says this, uh, it, it made bad decisions. I'm sick and I lost my will to live. Now, f- folks, there's something about when life happens to you that is tough. There's a whole other thing when you know you did it to yourself. Brother, some of us in the room know what we're talking about when we say that. You did it to yourself. It's called paying for stupid. You look in the mirror and you're like, you're the idiot I hate. You've messed it up. You can't blame it on anybody else anymore. Mom and dad are dead. You can't blame it on them. You can't blame it on your brothers and sisters. They'll have nothing to do with you. 
And, and it's, you, you've lost your will to live, to eat, anything in life that is worth living. You don't want to live anymore. You're floating. By the way, we have a lot of people now that are just floating in life. What do you want to do? Huh? How's life? Yeah. What, let's, let's, let's go conquer the world. Hmm. Huh? They're just like, like, like an a, a amoeba just floating around in goop. And that's life. Just huh? nothing left. You don't want to live. And that's how he sees the world. You already see the world different? You have a seat for a second. I'll, okay, you're doing good. Um, and, and you're being patient with me. <laughs> I appreciate that. And it says, uh, uh, oh, I'm skipping something here. Hold on a second. Yeah, I'm skipping one. Here we go. Verse 21. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifice of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Verse 23. They that go down to the sea in ships, that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. Now, now let me hold you here for just a second. And I'll tell you where this sermon came from. And then I'm going to start, I'm going to rush a little bit ahead. The sermon came because I knew that verse. And I thought, hey, that's a good theme for what I, what I really think our people need. You know, people who go in and launch out into the deep, they see the works of the Lord. And, uh, and I'm like, man, I'm going to preach that. And I thought, I know point one, point two, point three. And I had this unbelievably awesome thought. I thought, maybe I'll check the text just in case I don't, you know. Yeah, the Bible's messed up more of my preaching. Yeah. God wrote a really good sermon, you know, because it says this. So you go out in the deep, you're a sailor, okay? Gilligan, right? And, uh, um, and you're, gonna, you're going out into the deep, and you see, these see the works of the Lord and the wonders in the deep. Like, woo, here we go. For he commandeth. And raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven. They go down again to the depth. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man. And are at their wits end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble. And he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Then they are glad because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto the desired haven. So... You're in the ship, and, and you get these waves. I'll describe them in just a little bit. All you see around you is everything's out of your control. Very few people at your age, by the way, see this. There comes a point in everybody's life where the realism of your lack of control is, is almost overwhelming. When a teenager first gets a car, he's scared to death. <laughs> For almost maybe about 30 seconds or so, you know, scared. Then after a while, he's like, power, power, you know. And, and then within six months, you've got to prove you know how to drive. So you say, what can I do that is stupid? <laughs> you don't laugh. Every teenager does this. Like, I wonder if I can go 60 miles an hour in reverse and survive, you know, in mom's minivan. You know, like, ah, you know, and, uh, and you have to try something. And, and, and it's not fun unless you pile people in your car with you. You know, once we do something stupid, they're like, stupid, 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 you know. And, you know, I'm pointing at people. There must be a recent story around. But, but, um, <laughs> so, but the thing is, you don't realize how powerless you are. 
See, in the cartoons, when, when the thing's going off the cliff, you just jump out real quick. If you wait, you figure the plane's coming down from the sky, right? That's what it sounds like. You, know, you, you haven't been in a plane yet that's going down. but Spirit Airlines, it'll worry. <laughs> and I'm going to get sued for that. And uh, Can we erase that? Okay. And then, then five feet before, because you just jump out and you only have to fall five feet. And you'll be okay. Just like the movies. And by the way, if there's a war... I'll just get my Bowie knife and jump out of a helicopter in the midst of all the machine guns and I'll just dodge the bullets and I'll just run one and they'll all just fall on the ground. Just like the movies. I mean, that's what's going to happen. There comes points in your life where God lets you get in positions where you're helpless. And by the way, that's when most men get unbelievably frustrated. Nothing I can do. Duh. That's, there never has been anything you can do. You just realized it for the first time. And you're standing here and the ship's going... Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Now, I didn't know what that was. I would have no clue except for I went into... Uh, I, I hadn't been out in the ocean before. And, and I've only been on the bay. I wanted to go in the ocean. I was working at construction with Mark Davis. And he had his boat there. And he said, take me out to buoy 10. And I'm like, I'm in, you know. And he, and he had a, a, a fellow named Nick that was with us, a Russian fellow. Good guy. And... Um, and we go out to buoy 10, and there's 12-foot waves. And I don't know, 12-foot, 200-foot, I don't They're about in the ocean, you know. I don't know what 12-foot wave is. I mean, if you haven't been in the ocean, you're like, yeah, 12-foot waves. 21-foot boat, you know, that's, that's fine, you know, 12-foot waves. And, and so we, you know, like, and all of a sudden we get out there, and it's like, oh, this is kind of cool. And we go down, and I'm like, hey, look, nothing but water. And then they're like, Phew, hey, look, you can't see the ground, you know. And then you're like, hey, look, I can't swim to shore. Huh. I'm not having fun anymore. Yeah. And Mark's like, heading out the ocean, you know, killer whales and stuff. You know, and I'm imagining Jaws is like, here he comes. You know, and, then, and he's just heading on out there. And, uh, and then, then the, the fellow's with me, and I'm figuring, Mark's still alive. He must know what he's doing. I mean, it just didn't kill him, you know. But I'm kind of thinking... I, I, I'm not comfortable. I don't like this. 12-foot wave. And he goes, hey, watch this. Oh, that's always famous lines. I'm like, no, I don't have to watch it. Oh, you like this. No, I don't think I'm going to like it. You don't know what I'm going to do. It's all right. I'm all right, you know. And he gets up on the top of the, the wave and starts, on top of the wave. If you've never done that, what you do, now you don't know how high 12 feet is, but, but when you get 12 feet, you stand at the end of the boat and you look and there's nothing under the boat. You could swing your feet under the boat, and there's just nothing there. I'm like, yeah, you like that? I'm like, it looks like death, kind of, you know, death, you know. And then, uh, then uh, the fellow with us, Nick, he goes, Mark, this is stupid. Let's go back. He's chicken, Mark. Let's help him out. <laughs> you want to go out, Robin? I, I really do, but no Nick back there, you know. He's not as manly as me, so for his sake, you know, let's, let's go back, you know. Are you sure? It's just, we're almost there. I'm like, no, we're not. Let's, let's, for Nick, you know, for that sissy back there, you know. And, and I was telling Nick, thank you. And uh, we headed back. You don't realize when they say, when you get up on those waves, you're way up there. And, and, and these boats that don't have motors, they just fall off the end. Pow! So you take this, oh, this is a great big strong boat. Drop it 20 feet in the water, and let it just slam. 
Well, it could withstand it over and over and over and over. And after a while, you realize you're helpless. You're in a cork in the middle of the ocean. And you're in the middle of this cork. And it says you want, you're, you're like a drunken man flying to and fro, back and forth. And you're at your, the Bible says, your wit's end. And you're like, what do I do? That's how you see it. And then at the very end, and I'll just tell you what the, the, the next section in the rest of the chapter, he gives you God can make things grow. He can make things not grow. He can prosper things. He can take a prosperous land and make it barren. He can take a barren land and make it prosperous. God can do all these wonderful things. So here's, here's, what, here's what you find, though, in this chapter. Now, here's, what, here's what's going to happen now. Young man, you saw all these things. This is what you're discovering. And he says, somewhere in these things, you're going to say, and they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. You see, because each time it's, there's a phrase that you find in each one of these sections. It says, then they cried unto the Lord. It says, then they, by the way, that trial in your life, that was designed for you to cry to God, not for you to cry about. Why, God? You're so mean. You're a meanie. And you're going, yeah, it's trials. They were designed. I'm going to show you they're designed in a minute. And so the first person, he says, he sees himself homeless, hungry, and thirsty. The next person, I call him the older man, or the person who received this understanding that we're in a sin-cursed world, they see a God who gave him a house, who gave him food, who gave him water, who gave him rest in a sin-cursed world. See, what does that mean? We live in America, and in America, in um, uh, Michigan, what's the city in Michigan where Arbolet's from? Um, Huh? It's it's, it's in that area, but there was a... Huh? Saginaw, it's real close to there. There's a city over there that had the water problem, and... And you all know it because there's a one city in America that had water problem. Not a one of you have turned the water on. I wonder if you're going to die. Except for you conspiracy theorists. And I've got some stuff to sell you, boy. I, mean, I, uh, <laughs> I love you people. <laughs> you don't understand. There, It's a conspiracy. Oh, I understand. And this is the conspiracy breaker. No, anyways, uh, I, you, you get water. And you don't think about dying. In a sin-cursed world, everything you drink would kill you. Every drink of water you got was a blessing from God. Every perfect gift came from God. An older person who's been around, traveled the world. Pastor, you've seen places where where they would just do anything for water. They pick up a glass. Is this my water, by the way? Did you spit in it or anything? Okay, I was making (laughs) it. And they, they pick it up and you go, wow, God. You sure are good to me. I'm not worried about dying. I mean, we joke about it, but I'm not. When my mother-in-law pours the water, I'm worried about dying. She might. No, but. Wow, God. You gave me this water. You didn't see the water. You saw your hunger. You saw your thirst. That's what you've been promised in a sin-cursed world. That's just God's absence. God says, I'll let you be without me for a little bit. Why? Because you don't understand I'm with you. you. You've never been there. You can't comprehend that I'm with you. You don't understand what this is. It's just water. By the way, if you get Oregon City water, it's awesome water. When I got back from Howes Anderson College, all I wanted was water from Oregon City. 
don't know if they poison it now. I think they fluoride it or whatever, but it tastes good to me. But you understand something. You can't see this right now. But God's going to do something for you. He's going to let you be thirsty. He's going to let you be hungry. He's going to let you understand what it is to want sleep so bad. And you can't get it. And you lay down. And you go, God gave me sleep. Sleep to you is just what you do. Are you a good sleeper? Good sleeper, yeah. About 10 o'clock in the morning? No, you can't sleep at 10 o'clock in the morning. You got rotten parents, don't you? They won't let you sleep. Her mom wrote a book about that. I'm just telling you, that's poor guy. And just, come, I'm going to hire you as an intern for the summer, let you sleep till noon and see how the rest of us live. All right? I'm kidding. All right. so, <laughs> like, oh, no, you've ruined him already. I knew I shouldn't have let him run for the... No, but watch this now. You can't comprehend like a person with a bad back who has no comfortable place to turn. They can't sleep. If they fall asleep, the worst thing is when you fall asleep and when you're sleeping, you relax. <laughs> and you wake up. And what's your alternative? You get so drugged out that you can't think. That's basically your alternative. You decide if you want to be drugged out and barely live life or to be in pain and try to live in pain. And, and, and what's the cure? Go see another doctor. Who's going to give you another doctor? Who's going to give you more bills? You can't comprehend what it means, what God gave you when he says, I give my beloved rest. Laying in bed is just laying in bed. Because it's bedtime. You have to go to bed. And, and so, young men, they, the, they see the trials. They see um, uh, uh, the, the second thing where, where he says, when men, oh, the men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works and the children of men. The, for he satisfies the longing and filleth the hungry soul with goodness, such as sit in darkness in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron. He, he explains throughout the, this step by step. Therefore he brought down their heart with labor and fell, uh, and fell down and there was none. He says you see failure, rebellion against God. But you know what? A day without affliction is from God. Problem is, if you don't have affliction, you don't know it. Uh, I had a man in my church. He had, he had a, a really bad back. Lost his job. He's on you know leave for a year. Every time they tried to go back, his back was, would get, get bad. He was desperately trying to work, and um, and I was praying for him. And, and somewhere along the lines, I just did something stupid. Is all it was. It was just very stupid. It was about four hundred pounds worth of boxes, and I was in a rush. And I was working with teenagers, and and they frustrate me because because they're. They, they're they're working like this. Man, that makes me mad. I can't stand watching people not work when it's time to work. I'm like, and so the only thing you can do when you're mad and there's teenagers around is be stupid. And, uh, and I reached over and grabbed about 400 pounds of boxes and, and I started to move them and they wouldn't move. And I was mad. So I started going, that's how you move the boxes. Now get to work. You know? and, and didn't think anything of it. And, and about four or five hours later, all you old people know what I'm talking about. I'm, I reached out to get something. And they, they go, what'd you do? I'm like, I reached my arm out. <laughs> well, well, you reached your arm out? Yeah. What's that called? Old. <laughs> and, and I really messed my back up. I mean, it was pretty bad. I even went in and said, well, I guess this is going to be the time I try acupuncture. And he electrocuted me. He's like, <laughs> it didn't do any good, but I know what occupation I want to do. Wouldn't that be the job? Give me a hundred bucks. I want to stick needles in you and zap you and watch you squirm around. I mean, 
Is that, who wouldn't want that job? Watch his legs. You know? I was like, oh, was that the 220? I meant to get the other stuff. Anyways, I, I was... And so I, I was... I went in and didn't help. And, and my kids, we have a very sick sense of humor. Everything's funny at my house. Everything. And, and so I was in such pain. I, I had to use the, the restroom when I was in the kitchen. And I couldn't walk. I tried. I got up against the counter. I'm like, oh, I'm going to man through this. And they <laughs> I'm so stupid, you know. And uh, so, so I had to crawl. And I was crawling. One of my kids says, hey, Dad looks like a dog. <laughs> I'm like, what kind of kids do I have? You know, they're laughing at me, you know. <laughs> they're their father's children. That's what they're. And, and there's something about right now, standing up straight, and that shock not shooting through my back that collapses my legs and takes me to the ground and makes me scream. God gave that to me. But the problem is, well, I'll tell you the problem in a minute. I'm almost done. Or the love offering's going to be done. I've got to get done quick. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I look in this crowd. There's no money in this crowd. Um, <laughs> Pastor's already got it all out of you. I'm, 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 it's hopeless. But I'm going to put some money in there. I'm going <laughs> to... I will get to the last one. You're on the, you're on the ship. I'm going to tell you how your day looks, okay? You're getting ready to go on the water. You get out of the, the truck. You got your gear. You're going off, you know, on a, and it's, it's a deep sea fishing thing where you're, you're uh, what's the deadliest catch? You're going to catch crab or whatever. You smell the ocean, the cool breeze coming off the ocean. You smell that seaweed. You'd be like, oh, the ocean smells like rotten seaweed and dead animals. But uh, anyways, like some people like it. And you smell that fresh salt air. And all the mold and everything, and then you, and then you, you you get you get your gear on, and you're of course coming from the northwest, so you got warm gear, and you try to get some waterproof gear, and you got your your satchel, and you're sitting there getting on, getting ready to get on your ship, and, and in those days they had sails or whatever, and I'll just go modern day, you get on this big ship, and they and they're looking at, at making it out the harbor, and they're calling to the harbor people and making sure that the lanes are clear, and he's right, he's looking at the ocean, and, and it's waves are smooth, and he's checking the weather reports, and, and you're down there getting the, the the food ready if you're the cook, or you're getting your bunk ready, and, and everybody's starting to man man. Their, their positions to get ready to go out and catch some stuff and they're starting to get the bait together and, and, and they're cranking up all the machines and checking them and going through their checks as the thing heads out to the ocean. They get out to the ocean and they start fishing and, and, uh, and the weather report comes in a surprise that they didn't know about and what a coincidence. The weatherman was wrong. Who knew? And they were out in the middle of the ocean and, and, and the waves start rising up and and, and the captain does everything he knows. He steers into the waves, and he, and he rides the waves right, and he, and he tries to make a, a way to a safe harbor, but there's no harbor close by because you're way out there. And he begins to work his way through that through that through uh, the waves, and, 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 and after a while, it doesn't matter which way because the waves are coming from different directions, and anyone can capsize the boat. And when you're out in the middle of the ocean, you begin to realize how absolutely small you really are, how absolutely, how in the world is someone going to find me out here in, this, in the middle of nowhere, a little tiny thing bobbing in the ocean. It's you realize if that ship goes under, your chances of dying is, is unbelievably high. And you're totally helpless, and you try everything you can, and you throw stuff overboard, and you drop the crab traps, and, and then, you, then, then you pray, and you cry out to God. And the ocean calms down, and you make your way to shore. And you're so glad to see if you're married, your new wife, or, or your family, or you're, you're, you put your feet on shore and be safe, and, and you thank God in tears. Because you're young. You know what happens the next time you go in the ocean? Here's what happens. You get out of your truck. 
first thing you do is look at that water. Wow, God. That's calm water. Thank you. You didn't see the calm water before you expected it. You, you were getting your gear ready. God didn't have a place for you. You're going to be old. Come over here. I told you it gets better. Because <laughs> what happens is, you see calm water. You see children who are alive because you've been to the hospital. Watch families watch their children die. And you go home and you say, my kid's alive, God. You're so good. God, the troubles I have are so good. God, this water is just calm. I couldn't see calm water over there. You ain't, my attention wasn't on you until the waves were huge. But I see calm water now. I lay down in bed and I can sleep. I get up and I can walk. It comes time for soul winning and I can go. It comes time for church and I can be there. I have an incredible, incredible God. That calm water has always been there. But you couldn't see God in the calm water until you went out into the deep. And God showed you how great he is. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, what the psalm says is here. If you'll be wise... And you'll learn from the, from the Bible. The next time you go out in that boat, you go, Wow. The water's calm. You're so good. In this incursed world, when I see calm water, I know where it came from. The water's good. You're so good. In this incursed world, when I can have a water to drink, I know where it came from. God, I was rotten and rebellious and foolish. And you came down and you gave me another chance. When I wouldn't have given me another chance and you lifted me up and you gave me an opportunity. I have a family. I have a church. And every day I get up, I go, look at that. My kids are alive. My wife is alive. I have a place to live. I got to sleep last night. He said this. The last verse in this whole thing. The, the verses that you keep hearing over and over throughout the, that's repeated. Verse 8. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for the wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 15. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Verse 21. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Verse 31. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Then a few verses after that, you, then you hear, and then they cried unto the Lord. Maybe God gave you a gift. Maybe God put you in a place where you had to cry to God. And you came to the end of yourself. And when you cried to God, God came through. The reason that's a gift, because here you were blind. You didn't know how good God's been to you. But the Bible says if you have wisdom, when you've been through the trials... Anybody who's married has married problems. But there's a lot of people who would love to be married and have your problems. Anybody who has kids has problems. Kids come with problems. There's a lot of people who came home to an empty bed. They don't have their child. Would love to have your problems. They'd love to have your problems. So you go, 
I see things a little different. Lord, you gave me a little wisdom. You gave me a gift because you said if I'll go into the deep, I'll see the mighty works of God. And I went out in the deep far enough to understand you're in the calm water. So some of us need to start appreciating God a little bit. We start saying, you know, God, you're good. I'm not going to be the young person who gripes. Oh, hungry, water, and problems. That's a sin-cursed world. I'm going to be the person who says, I just went a few minutes without a problem. That's a gift from God. Wow, thank you, God. So I sort of have a suspicion when God hears this. I say, well, let's give you a couple more. I got a lot of people who don't, who don't thank me for that. Here's a few more minutes without a problem. <laughs> you know what? You don't need your problems anymore. Why is that? Because you see me finally in that calm water that you've ignored all this time. It's the time when I ask you to make a quick decision just in your heart. I don't even know if you have invitations on a Wednesday night, but if you'd like to just take a moment. I'd like you to tell God. I've got some wisdom tonight, Lord, from your word. It says, whoso is wise and will observe these things. Even they shall understand, understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Would you thank God for being so good to you? And would you ask him to help see the good things?